0: welcome to the work wealth and wellness podcast i'm your host maya burns and i'm here to talk to you about business growing your wealth and maintaining a healthy mind and body by sharing the topics that are important to me i hope you're able to start living and feeling your best thanks for tuning in and i hope you enjoy the show Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. So um, happy Monday to everyone. Very happy Monday indeed. We are starting the day with a blue sky and that always brightens my day and kind of sets the tone and really just puts me in a good mood for the rest of the day. Like I said, in the last episode, new week, new Monday, um, create some new goals, get out there, crush it. Always a new opportunity. I know I took a week off last week. It was just one of those weeks where I needed a break, and I'm not going to hold myself. You know, I'm not going. I'm not going to be too hard on myself about it. But um, we're back, and today I wanted to talk about something that should be important in everyone's life, and that is the importance of budgeting. So I definitely wanted to touch on kind of two routes with budgeting. So budgeting when you have a steady income. Coming in, where you're either on salary or you have a part time job and you're getting paychecks every week or two weeks, you know, Thursday, Friday rolls around and you know that you have money coming in, that kind of job. So that's what I wanted to touch on first. And then I'm also going to be touching on the self-employed route, because that's kind of where I'm sitting. But I have had experience in the past, of course, having, you know, part-time jobs, having that nine to five grind. (laughs) Um, So definitely can kind of speak about both ways because I've been in both ballgames. So yeah, I just wanted to chat about budgeting because it's really important. And a lot of people don't even have a solid budget. It's, it's kind of shocking And especially for me, this has always been something that has been high on my priority list is creating a budget and at least somewhat sticking to it. I know it's kind of hard to always be within your means, but um, definitely somewhat sticking to it. Obviously, I would love to stick to it all the time, but you can't win them all. So basically, I'm just going to kind of dive right in and talk about the basics of budgeting. Like I said, when you have a paycheck coming in. Um, or you're able to calculate some extra hours, whatever it is, you're able to uh, calculate and you just know what money is going to be coming in. Okay. So yeah, step number one, know your income. So like I said, if you're on a salary, you're probably going to be getting the same amount every two weeks. If you have a part-time job, then you should be able to somewhat calculate your average hours. I know some jobs offer guaranteed hours, And then also, if you're working overtime, if that's something that you do frequently to have that extra money in your pocket, then I think it's okay to add that into your calculations. Um, Obviously, if it's frequently enough that you feel comfortable adding it into your calculations, then it's cool. But also, just keep in mind that if you decide to not work a couple extra hours that week, then you're going to have to account for that in your budget. But definitely step number one, know your income, know what's coming in every two weeks, or if you get paid weekly, that's a score. Know what's coming in every week, every two weeks, if you get paid monthly, if that's a thing, I'm not too sure. Just make sure you know your income, what's coming in, having that grand total. It's always perfect to have that there first and then break it down further from there. So that leads us into step number two. So step number two is knowing your bills and expenses. So there's going to be two types of expenses. You're going to have your fixed expenses and you're going to have your variable expenses. So fixed expenses would be things like your rent every month. um, If you have a car payment, a phone bill, uh, things like that. Something that you know the cost of every month, every whenever it comes out of your account. For me, my car payment comes out every two weeks. I know that X amount of dollars are going to come out of my account every second Monday for my car. I know that I have to pay X amount of dollars every month for my phone bill. I know what my rent is. Those things don't really change. Obviously, if you go over your phone bill, hey, bad, but hey, we've all been there. So things like that are considered fixed expenses. They're not changing. You just got to, you got to deal with it. It's one of those. Um, and then variable expenses. So that could be things like groceries, um, gas, any car maintenance, you know, some months, these things kind of fluctuate. Maybe one month you'll spend, I don't know, 300 bucks on groceries. And the next you'll spend 330 on groceries. It's, they're always kind of jumping up and down just based on you and kind of the month. Like I said, car maintenance, you could be driving along having no issues and then one month rolls around and boom, you have to get new brake pads or something. So these are kind of variable expenses that are not always going to be consistent. So you always have to account for those. And also um any debt payments, those would also be considered fixed expenses at least in my books because you should always be making consistent payments on any debt that you have. So that should be factored into your fixed expenses. So once you're able to know and kind of break it down further. So what I really like to do is I like to get um, like a budget sheet and you can find these anywhere. What I'll try to do is I'll actually try to link one in the description for anyone listening. um, And it just kind of has everything laid out in front of you so you don't have to do any guesswork. So the top of the page, it'll say like monthly income. And a lot of them break it down by month, which is awesome. So if you do get paid bi-weekly, you know, you can just times your paycheck by two. Um, Or some months, you know, you'll get paid a third time. But what I like to do is always just account for two paychecks. And if I get a third one in a month, because that's going to happen two months out of the year, then 10 out of 10, even better, pocket that. (laughs) But anyways, like I said, usually what I like to do is I just like to account for two paychecks, um, or at least that's what I did when I was in this scenario. And you just start with your total monthly income at the top, and then it has your fixed expenses first, and you're going to write them all down. And then you're going to subtract them all from your monthly income. And then you can focus on to your variable. And you got to create a realistic number for your variable expenses, I find, because it's really easy to You know, say like, oh, I'm only going to spend a hundred bucks on groceries in a month, which is so unrealistic nowadays. Like pricing for groceries has, I swear to you, doubled in the past six months. It's actually nuts. So, you know, for example, last year I was spending two hundred bucks a month on groceries. I now have a budget of four hundred bucks a month on groceries just to maintain the way that I was eating, my eating habits, buying fresh fruit, buying, you know, veggies, putting fuel into my body. So it's just, you can't have unrealistic, I guess, expectations. Like if you put a hundred bucks down and then you're sitting at home and you want to cook dinner and you don't have anything there, then you might be more likely to kind of go outside of your budget and maybe order in, or, you know, you have to have somewhat reasonable goals, attainable goals, um, just to kind of keep yourself in check. So yeah, just making sure that you have a decent, you know, variable budget. I think that that's good. And also too, depending on how much you drive around, um, like gas could be pretty variable. For me personally, right now in my position in real estate, I do drive around a lot. So I do have quite a hefty budget for... Or I, I tried it to account for a hefty gas budget in my monthly plan. Um, but that's me personally. Some people just drive to work and back to the grocery store. Like they're not driving here, there, and everywhere, right? So just, you have to figure out what works for you. And there's also plenty of apps out there as well that can kind of like, if you don't even know where to begin, if you don't, if you have no idea how much you're spending on groceries or how much your average spending on gas is, there's actually apps out there. Um, For me personally, I have, I bank with TD. And there's an app called TD MySpend and it tracks everything and it gives you averages. So that was kind of what I used as a baseline to set my budget. Now, obviously, if I'm realizing that one category is way out of whack, I'm going to have to reel it in. <laughs> but it's really nice. It's a really nice visual to kind of see where your baseline is and then adjust further from there. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. Like I said, TD MySpend, if you bank with TD, I know that there's some other apps. Um, yeah, I think there's one called Mint or something. It's a cool little budgeting app. I just downloaded it last week. Um, haven't really explored it too much yet, but you can find so many things out there that can kind of. Give you a baseline, or even if you are someone who doesn't always have something in front of them to kind of look at, it's a great way to keep yourself in check on your phone. You can just open the app up, see where you're at, make decisions from there. So, yeah. And on this budget sheet, you know, once you've kind of created your itemized list of fixed expenses and also variable expenses. Um, typically a rule that I think is important is to have some sort of budgeting rule because, you know, you want to live within your means. You don't want to be working and spending all your income on bills and stuff like that. You want to be able to have some money for yourself, which I know is not always, I guess, something that can be done. Um, like I said, pricing has inflation, (laughs) prices and costs of things are definitely a lot more this year than they were last year. But just a general rule of thumb that I really like that I've always kind of kept in my back pocket is the 50-30-20 rule. So that means that 50% goes to your needs, I guess. So bills, things like that, just things that you need. 30% of your monthly income goes towards your wants which that's a pretty hefty percentage. If you can't do it, hey, I totally get it. I've been there before. Um, And then 20% into savings. So if you have a savings goal, then this is a really good way to kind of hold yourself accountable. And um, with this this 50-30-20 rule, like I said, it's not going to fit everyone perfectly. You can definitely tweak things. You know, Some paychecks, if I called in sick for a day at work. It's like, you kind of have to flip-flop it around and maybe 20% goes to my wants and 30%, you know, I have to put that extra 10% into my bills that week. So I'm doing 60% bills, 20% wants 20% savings. So it's, it's all about really figuring out what fits with you. And even if your rule is 70, 15, 15, sure. just You have to make sure that you stick to it. You don't want to be switching it up. Once you create something that works for you, you have to kind of hold yourself accountable for it, which we all know it can be tough. It really can be tough. But um, that's why it's always nice to have a reminder. Like I said, even an app on your phone or... Um, for me, I have like a big spreadsheet out on my iPad. (laughs) So it's like, like I said, as long as you have something that you can kind of go back to for reference, then you're already one step ahead of half the population because a lot of people don't have a physical budget written down. So, like I said, I'm gonna to try to link a little planner thing in the description because they're so helpful. But you can honestly get one, just Google a budget, monthly budget sheet. Pinterest has a bunch of them. Um, you can really find them anywhere. So, yeah, so the 50-30-20 rule is what I'm gonna kind of stick with for this episode. Um, so once you kind of have a general, a general idea of what needs to go where and how much you need to spend on what based on your fixed expenses and your variable expenses laid out in front of you on your budget sheet. Um, I'm going to say step step number four is to have different accounts. And I am guilty for having a plethora of accounts. I have a car account. I have a, like a house savings account because I want to save up for a house. I have just a regular savings account. Um, I have an out of the blue account. I have a tax account, but that's something that I'll talk about in the more self-employed side. But um, it's really beneficial to have different accounts. So when I was getting paid every two weeks, I set it up. So automatically Thursday morning, my paycheck would go in and then Thursday afternoon-ish, whatever whatever time it was, my payments would automatically get transferred. So for me, I would get paid on Thursdays and my car payment would come out the following Monday. So automatically when my paycheck would go into my bank account, I had an automatic transfer set up so that my car payment would come out of my checking account and into my car account. So I didn't even have to think about it. So, and same thing for, um, my savings account, I automatically had, 50 bucks go from my checking account to my savings account. So I didn't have to do any transfers on my own. They were all electronic transfers. Um, same thing with my car insurance that would every like two weeks I would split my car insurance in half. So my car insurance back then was like 200 ish a month. So a hundred bucks every two weeks would automatically go to my car account. And, um, Then on the Monday, so I get paid on the Thursday, it's already in my car account, I didn't even have to worry about it, and then on the Monday, I had another automatic transfer, transfer my exact car payment amount from my car account to my checking account, so it's almost like I, I don't even have to worry about it, it's all automatic, I would get paid, it would go into my account, And then it would come out and go into its proper account. So then that way I know, okay, whatever's left in my checking account is the money that I have to kind of play with. It's the money that I can spend on my gas, my groceries. It's the money I can spend on my wants because my savings and my car, my variable expenses, my fixed expenses, I also have a bills account. So every two weeks, half of my monthly rent would automatically get transferred into my bill account. So that was really, really helpful because you're not worrying about it. It's just already out of sight, out of mind. So yeah, you might open your checking account and be like, oh, I don't have my full paycheck in there. And it might look kind of sad, but at the same time, it's a lot easier to visualize, oh, okay, this is what I have to work with. you know. So that was something that was super helpful to me, which I recommend everyone do- everyone should do even if you are self-employed, I still do this to this day. I think that it's the perfect way to kind of keep your finances in check. And then also you're never missing payments. Um, Setting things up automatically is awesome because a lot of times, I don't know, for me personally now, since I'm self-employed, I find that I'm a little space brain (laughs) sometimes because I don't get paid every two weeks. So it's not like, Oh, I need to pay this bill every month. Like, it's the days don't really mean anything to me anymore because I'm working kind of here, there, everywhere on the weekends, off the weekends. It's like, it's not like, okay, it's Thursday, it's a payday. I know that I have to, you know, make a payment on my credit card or whatever it is. So, it's super nice that it's set up automatically because I don't even have to worry about it. And it's just a really easy way to make it automatic and keep it out of sight, out of mind, and keep yourself on top of it. So those are kind of the general steps. Um, oh, another account that I wanted to talk about is a sinking fund account. So this is an account that you can kind of account for um, any big expenses that, you know, you might not expect. So a sinking fund is something that, you know, if you want to put 30 bucks into it every two weeks, sure, whatever, whatever. But a sinking fund, you know, something could come up. Like if you have a pet, they could need a surgery or they could need something like that. So it's it's just nice to have a backup account with a little security net, I guess. And um, that's really important because we've all been in scenarios where something has happened and an unexpected cost has come up and we're kind of sitting there like, oh my gosh, where am I going to pull this from? You know, I have to pull it from my savings account. It's just going to hurt a bit more. Um, like for me, I've, there there was a scenario where I had to pull some money from my house account, which is so sad. I'm like, I want to buy a house. So I was like, okay, no, I need to create an account to account for these types of scenarios. That way I'm not feeling this hurt when I have to pull a couple thousand dollars out of my house account. Right? So so um, a sinking fund account is really helpful. Just any out of the blue expenses, it just it just gives you a little security net, like I said. And um, so yeah, f- for me personally, I have always done all my budgeting, all my stuff online. Like I don't I don't carry any cash on me. I've always been like an online banking you know, use my debit, use my credit cards type of gal, not a cash gal, but some people do prefer to do um, something called cash stuffing. So, you know, you can create a budget and then you'll take your money out of the bank, out of your bank account. And then you'll actually have physical cash. And some people will actually take envelopes and, you know, one envelope will say like grocery money, one envelope will say gas. And it's just, that is an easier way for some people to hold themselves accountable um, because when you have your debit card, it's not like you're you realize like oh I'm I'm running over my budget. Whereas if you actually have cash and you're holding a twenty dollar bill in your hand, it's a little bit more tangible to kind of say it, I don't know. It's just easier to hold yourself accountable versus if you have your debit and you're not really keeping track of prices and you go to the cash and it's thirty bucks instead of twenty, you know. So some people do prefer to do cash stuffing. Hey, that's not my cup of tea, but if that's something that you like to do. Um, that would make it easier for you to stick to your budget, then maybe consider it. Try it out for a month. Who knows? Like, If you've always been an online type of gal, maybe that's something that I should try. If I'm having issues sticking to my budget, which sometimes I do, (laughs) then maybe I should try to do the cash method. And it it doesn't hurt to try, right? So what? You try it, you don't like it. On to the next month, you figure it back out, right? So um, yeah, that's kind of just the general breakdown um, of the way that I did it when I was getting a consistent paycheck every two weeks at my part-time job. So super helpful to have a budget, super helpful to have everything laid out in front of you. And I'm also someone who just really loves to write that kind of stuff down. Like if I write it down, it's gonna stick with me more than if I just kind of you know, do it on my phone, I guess. So I would actually have a physical budget sheet And you know what? Maybe I'll slap it on my fridge, whatever, whatever works, whatever. If you are able to see something, um, I think I mentioned this in one of my other podcasts. If there's something that's sitting in front of you that you see subconsciously, you're going to notice like subconsciously, your brain's going to take it in more and you're going to be more likely to remember it, to follow it. Even if you're not directly reading it every day, just having it in your bubble, in your circle, in your field of view is more beneficial than it being out of sight. So keep that in mind. Um, Now I'm going to touch base on self-employed income. Now I know that not everyone is going to fit into this box, but I wanted to touch on it because this is the way that I have to operate now. And maybe there's other people out there who are in the same boat. Um, I know there are quite a few entrepreneurs, uh, which is awesome. And, um, it's definitely a learning curve when you go from having a job with a consistent income, consistent paychecks to having self-employed income, that was a learning curve. And I'm going to explain why. So when you're getting paid every two weeks, you have no stress. Like you basically know, okay, I'm going to have money in my account. It's coming in. I know it's going to be there. You just got to wait for payday, but waiting two weeks, I remember when I, I had a, like a part-time job waiting two weeks would be so painful. I was like, oh my gosh, like paydays in four more days, three more days. I would have a countdown. Right. Whereas now my income is so inconsistent. It's like, I can get, um, four commission checks in one month, and then I can go four months without a commission check. (laughs) So, um, as many of you know, I am in real estate and we get paid solely on commission. There's no salary. There's no paycheck, nothing like that. We only get paid when a house closes. So our commission check. So yeah, some months you'll have a crazy busy month and you know, you'll know you have three, four closings in one month. And then there'll also be that kind of down period where you won't even have a closing for a couple of months. So you're just kind of twiddling your thumbs like you're just sitting there it's so it's very inconsistent especially when I started when I first started I think I didn't get my first uh, commission check for a couple months just until I got the ball rolling um Once you get the ball rolling, it's a bit easier to kind of stay on top of it, but there are ups and downs in real estate. There really are. You're going to have really busy months and then you're going to have slow months as well. And especially in the market that we're in today, I'm sure everyone knows it's nuts. I'm not going to get into that too much because it, yeah, some people, it divides a lot of people. So, but Hey, we don't control it. I'm just going to throw that out there. So the market right now, as everyone knows, it's pretty crazy. And you can be writing offers and not getting any accepted, you know? So there was definitely a period at the end of 2021 where I was writing offers and writing offers and writing offers. And every time it was like, we just weren't getting it. So I didn't put a deal together for, you know, maybe a month or two because I was just struggling with my buyers to kind of get something in writing that like, hey, you know, we finally have an accepted offer because competition was so high. And people people get frustrated when competition's like that. And it almost makes them want to kind of go out of the running. And a lot of buyers right now are feeling that fatigue and they don't want to put any offers in anymore. So it's it's pretty tough. You have your highs and lows. So not having consistent paychecks, you know, coming in every couple of weeks, every month, one month I have four coming in. You really have to kind of break it down a bit further than just monthly income. So for me, like I said, I big fan of budgeting, but the one difference that I, or one change I guess that I made now that I'm self-employed is I really make sure that I always have a hefty safety net in the account (laughs) at least 90 days. So at least three months of expenses, um, saved up and also three months of, you know, Variable kind of stuff. Basically, I have three months. I'll take my full budget. So wants, needs, bills, savings, and I'll I'll still do the full budget, the budget sheet, and I'll say, okay, my bills are X amount of dollars for one month. And I like to incorporate this much for my needs, and I like to incorporate this much into my savings account. Once I have that grand total, I always make sure that I have at least three months of that grand total in my account at all times for those slow months because it is inconsistent and some months, you know, you might not have a paycheck that comes in or you might have a smaller commission check that comes in. So it's it's all about having that safety net and that's really 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 important. So yeah, that's something that I have changed. That's something that I now do and um Also being self-employed, I think I, I touched on it a bit earlier, is you just have different expenses. So, you know, I might do more cart maintenance because I use my car for my job. I drive around all the time. I'm driving here, there, everywhere for showings. I'm putting kilometers on my car. I'm gassing up three times in two weeks, you know, and with gas prices right now, that really hurts. So, you know, things are a little bit different. So my budget definitely looks a lot different than it did two years ago when I was working that nine to five grind at the bank. So very different, always having that safety net in my savings account, But also, you know, I, I do have savings goals as well. So that's why I have different savings accounts. So I'll have like a general savings account, which kind of has my, um, you know, just general savings. I always like to make sure that I do put stuff aside for, um, you know, properties because that's obviously what I, that's what my job is. I want to purchase properties. So, um, having something, on the side there to kind of keep me accountable because you don't want to put all your money into savings. And then for example, if it's really slow using up all your savings and then suddenly you're like, Oh, but what about my savings goals? Right? So like I said, really helpful to have different accounts, but basically the main tweak is just always having that safety net, always having things prepped on standby that I don't touch just to make sure that, you know, if it is a slow month, then I do have something coming in. So I guess that's, that's really the main thing. And also just accounting for the differences, uh, the variations in my costs, spending a bit more money and also spending more money on my business, because you have to feed your business doing marketing, um, prepping for listings, things like that. Like you have to put money into your business to get money out of your business. So having a business account is really helpful as well. Having an account for your business expenses, that's something that, um, I have as well, just another separate account to kind of keep me on track to know, okay, I can put this much into my business this month. Um, and that's accounted for in my budget as well. So yeah, uh, for me, the 50, 30, 20 rule is a little bit different. I just, based on my pay, on my structure, I currently have it. So 50% goes into savings, 30% goes into bills, and the 20% is like my my wants, the money that just stays on my checking account. Um, so that's been a really helpful way for me to make sure that I do have a hefty safety net. And that I can also reach my savings goals as well because your girl wants a new car. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just, it's really nice to be able to kind of have the freedom with self-employed, but it also comes with some some added hurdles. Ooh, and taxes. Okay. Taxes, taxes, taxes. So like I mentioned earlier, I do have a separate tax account. So I'm going to kind of break down for you how I would structure Um, a paycheck. So basically a commission check comes in for me, say that it's X amount of dollars. I automatically take 40% of that number off and I throw it in a tax account and I don't touch it because at the end of the year, you have to give all of your money to the tax man and it really hurts. So for me personally, it's better to throw 40% into my tax account. And maybe I'll have a little bit left over at the end of the year and then it's almost like an added benefit to me then but yeah so I, all the money that i put in my tax account i don't touch it until you know the ne- the following year so for example 2021 um as i'm as a self-employed person i do have to do my own GST, HST remittances as well. So that's another thing that goes into the tax account, which (laughs) I don't know if, you know, it was something that I didn't really know. I I didn't really know anything about taxes. Honestly, they don't teach you it in school. So going into being self-employed, the whole tax thing, very scary. Would definitely recommend getting an accountant. I waited a bit too long to get an accountant and I wish I would have met her sooner because she explained so much to me. She taught me Way more in a span of like 30 minutes that I ever learned in school about taxes. It was crazy. So definitely recommend getting an accountant. But yeah, so commission check comes in. First of all, take the HST off. So you have to take 13% of that off because every quarter so four times a year I have to remit my HST back to the government <laughs> so I take the hST off and then once the hST's off then I take forty percent off and I throw that in my tax account as well don't touch it for the rest of the year and then whatever that you know amount is after the forty percent and the hST is off then that's when I break it down into the 50 30 20 so um a lot of people you know I, I don't know it's it's yeah Taxes suck, but if you do it properly, if you put your money aside and you keep it aside and you don't touch it, then you're gonna have no issues. Like when tax season came around this year, um, I was really nervous my very first time remitting my taxes, you know, self-employed way. I've always done my taxes when I was um just my own doing, you know, part-time work, my own job. I was I was cool with doing my tax on like TurboTax online, HR block, whatever it is, I was totally cool doing that on my own. But being self employed and having all these write offs and keeping these receipts, and I didn't even know the first step, like I was so stressed out. So, got an accountant. She was amazing, got it all done for me. And I had money left over in my tax account, which was awesome. So, it's a little added bonus. It's like a little extra paycheck comes in. So, that was super nice that I had some extra money from that tax account to kind of play with. So, I would definitely recommend obviously speaking to an accountant about taxes. If you are self-employed and you know, you're kind of new to this very important, (laughs) talk to them sooner. Do not make the mistake that I made because I definitely would have saved more on my taxes if I spoke to her sooner. So yeah, um, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I think I really touched on a lot of great stuff. So yeah, um, yeah once again, sorry I missed last week, guys. I'm only human. I can only do so much and um, I'm going to be back into it. This is hopefully going to be the beginning of a little mini series. So obviously budgeting step number one, I think I maybe wanted to do something else another episode, either about saving or something. And then obviously I wanted to do an episode about investing. So little money mini series coming your way. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. We'll continue on with this next week and we'll just roll with it. I hope everyone has a great week. I hope you crush your goals. I hope that something from this podcast helped you out and I will try to link some sort of planner in the show notes. If I can't link it in the show notes, I'll do it on Instagram or something. Social media is just Maya Burns on Instagram. Um, not, I don't really use Facebook that much. I'm, I i do not really know how <laughs> when it comes to Facebook, I feel like I'm, you know, 80 years old. It's, uh, it's hilarious, but yeah, definitely on Instagram. Um, and I hope you have a great week. I will talk to you next and yeah. Bye-bye.